This is the Mental Health Movement Podcast, Voice for the Voiceless, a weekly podcast hosted by Chris Milson, a podcast to help break the stigma of mental health and to remind everyone that it is okay to be not okay, and to remind those that they are never alone. Please also note that Chris is not a psychologist or psychiatrist and is speaking from research and experiences. Trigger warning for those for the possible explicit content and language. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Mental Health Movement Podcast, Voice for the Voiceless. I'm your host, Chris. Today, we have a returning guest, uh, George, who was on our last podcast uh, when we did it on music. George, how's it going, man? Good, man. How you been? Uh, not too bad. Um, you know, just uh, working on the podcast, therapy, start a vacation. Um, so today's podcast, we are going to be talking about the celebration of life. Basically, we're going to just break down birthdays and mental health and how people uh, struggle with uh, getting older. You know, uh, getting older is inevitable. Uh, you know, obviously, we all are here on borrowed time. And uh, that brings me to the second part of this podcast, which is basically going to be a tribute to our loved ones, which, you know, it's uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, our brother that we lost, uh, whose one year anniversary is coming up on the 11th. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, just, you know, kind of a little bit about loss as well. Um, before uh, we get started on today's content, um, the month of August, there are a couple mental health things that I did find on here. Uh, first one being Friendship Day, which is tomorrow. So, hey, what better way to have a podcast than having some uh, somebody you consider a really good friend? So, George, like I said, last podcast, I appreciate you doing this. Always, man. Um, and then, of course, we have the National Healthcare Week, which goes from August 8th to the 12th. Basically, that's just, uh, you know, the healthcare system trying to find better ways to, to help people. And obviously, as you and I both know, George, the mental health community and the resources, it's just, it's a lot. And it's, you know, obviously, we're moving in the right direction, but we still got so much further to go. So yeah. let's get started with today's podcast, man. Um first thing I kind of want to bring up is birthday depression. Um, it's something that I'm sure society is aware of, you know, um, I don't think we call it birthday depression whenever our birthdays come up and we're just feeling some type of way, but it's a very real thing. And, you know, I just celebrated my 30th birthday on the fourth and, I'm not going to lie when I said I had anxiety, you know, uh, you don't know what's going to happen when you turn a certain age. You don't know how you're going to feel after you turn older. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some of those causes and reasons, you know, depression and anxiety, like I said, depression is not something that goes away. It's something you're that's either develops as you get older or you inherit it from your parents and so on and so forth. And then, of course, the fear of getting old, which I kind of talked about what we're going to talk about a little bit more of why that's such a big thing. And an interesting one is um, trauma from their childhood. Maybe birthdays are a really big trigger for somebody, you know, uh, maybe somebody close to them passed away or that's the day your parents got divorced, heaven forbid. But, you know, mm -hmm. it's something that a lot of people that I've noticed, oh, it's just another year. I'm just turning I'm turning 19, I'm turning 35, you know, whatever. And it's, it's disheartening for somebody like me because 
I like to celebrate every single year. You know, you're, you're blessed with a new chapter. You're blessed with turning older, you know, and obviously as you and I have experienced, not everybody has the opportunity to get older. Mm-hmm. You know, we have lost friends before their birthdays on their birthdays. It's, it happens. And I don't want to tell people, Oh, well, you know, celebrate your birthday. I'm not telling you, I'm not forcing you to celebrate your birthday. You know what I mean? But yeah, I kind of feel like society as a whole just kind of looks at the birthdays. Oh, it's just another day. I got to work that day. So I don't really give a shit. So before we kind of get into like the symptoms of like birthday depression, how do you look at birthdays? Like, do you treat it as another day or is it something that you genuinely try to enjoy every year? I think I I really did try when I was younger. I think birthdays were a big deal. Right. You know, but, you know, you have more family around, all that stuff. As you get older, you move out. You got your own family, like, you know, me. And then, you know, things just kind of go on. You got work, all that stuff. So, like, Christina is huge on birthdays. I mean, like, for the kids, for me, like, when it's her birthday, I try to go a little bit more out because she takes it seriously. So, like, me personally, I just kind of, I enjoy it. You know, I like, I go out to dinner, take out to dinner. I like being around the kids, obviously, and, you know, opening, like, the little things that they make me. That's, like, like this. You can't really see it, but that's a picture Geo drew me last year for my birthday. So, like, little stuff like that, I, that's what I like. Yeah. Christina likes, she likes to make it extravagant. Like, I'll wake up in the morning, and she'll lay down with me the night before, and then she'll get up when I fall asleep, and the whole fucking house will be decorated. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So like, but she does it for all the kids and it's, right. it's a special thing. So like in our house, birthdays are a huge celebration. We try to make it as good as we can. Yeah. And, and you know, I think it's important to also note, you know, with the family thing, uh, I'm sure celebrating your kids' birthdays is, is like a genuine, like makes you happy seeing them uh, get open a gift that they've been wanting for all year that they've been talking right. about and surprising them with something you had, they had no idea about. I mean, it's, yeah, and it's like a second Christmas. Oh yeah. The, the kids now though, like what we're trying to do now more is which is the reason I just went to Disney with Christine and the kids and all that is like, we, that was for Gio's birthday. And we asked him like, you know, we can get you something small and take you to Disney or we could just get you gifts. So what do you want to do? So, you know, we did, little stuff we got him stuff and, and all the kids while we were there also you know little stuff at disney and all this stuff but the big trip was literally the whole family you know like the only one that wasn't able to make it was my mother but my dad went his fiance christina's parents were down there all the girls were down there like christina's sister the nephew like the niece we, it was just one giant group right so it was you know that it's more memorable i think for them to be like oh i remember when we went to disney and everybody was there you know so that's what we're trying to do now is more Stuff like that. You know, you mentioned something uh, right before when you at, when you said you asked Gio like mm-hmm. what he wanted for his birthday. I, I I find that as a really good parenting style to do something like that because I remember growing up as a kid, you know, whether it's Christmas, whether it was birthdays, we weren't really asked what we wanted. And, you know, of course, you got to keep the you know the big thing on Christmas alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and you gotta keep that element of surprise, but I remember just opening boxes of clothes, like yeah, bro. socks and well, shirts that I would never, never be seen <laughs> wearing, you know, you what I mean? too, like 
as much as like we pay attention to like my kids and all that stuff yeah, there's yeah. still time for when like they'll be watching stuff and be like i love this and i'm like when when did you start liking that so like their likes change so yeah. much bro so like i can ask them right now like what do they want for christmas like start thinking of stuff you want for christmas but a game or 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 a drone or like some some type of toy is going to come out next week and right. everything's going to go out the window yeah you know what so reminds like- me kind of reminds me of that movie click when uh he hits fast forward and his kids were watching dragon tales but i guess he fast forward too far and they're watching like csi or something like that he's like i missed the whole thing of dragon tales <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's always interesting to see kids interests uh change so quickly mm-hmm. and in a in a blink of an eye especially with technology man like obviously when we were growing up technology was being introduced like we have the game boy color and all that stuff but like we still went outside and we kept our interest pretty much the same for most of our childhood yeah and when technology started evolving you know we either became so isolated in that technology and less about you know what our friends have and just more about our parents buying us uh the newest console or whatever it was and i i like I said, it's interesting that you asked Gio what he wanted because shit, my parents would have never asked me as a kid what I wanted for my birthday. It was just more like you said, you're kind of paying attention to what they're watching. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, I bought this and he's already onto something else. You know what I mean? Um, So I kind of wrote down like the symptoms of birthday depression, uh, some of which we kind of covered uh, basically what the causes of birthday depression are, but of course there's symptoms to it. There's the changes in mood, which you know, I think that's pretty common. Um, you know, uh, whether you're feeling really sad that you're turning 50 years old or something, or uh, you're just stressed out about turning a certain age, you know, I, I know the stress thing is a very real thing getting older because mm-hmm. it's just like, wow, my twenties are dead now. And it's like, shit, I'm in my thirties now. It's crazy time goes by so fast i don't think people realize that bro yeah like every time i think of like high school or my time in Publix, like none of that seems like a real part of my life oh that's the perfect way to describe that <laughs> like it doesn't seem like bro i try to think of stuff sometimes and i'm like I, bro like that doesn't seem like it actually happened yeah because it was like so long ago but it doesn't feel like long ago but it is so long ago and you don't realize that 10 years went by like that bro right it's it's insane it's just crazy especially with this pandemic too man like the pandemic alone i think completely like wiped my brain of any concept of time Mm -hmm. like i remember uh there's this girl lauren that i talked to um when i came back to florida her daughter was like two years old and then fast forward to like towards the end of the pandemic. I'm like, how's the baby? Oh, well, she's not a baby anymore. I'm like, oh my God. It's like been like five years. Yeah, she's like that- five, five, six years. <laughs> and I was just like, damn, zero concept of time. I'll be having conversations with people that I was continuing from like three years ago. Wait, yeah. how's so-and-so? I don't talk to them anymore. What? What do you mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh Going with birthdays, man. Like, I remember my 21st birthday. I don't remember anything before my 21st birthday. Like, back to the time thing. Mm-hmm. I don't remember turning 18. I don't remember none of that. Yeah. I don't remember any of my 20s at all. 
which is crazy to think about now because I was, you know, I was just 29 and 29 is like, you know, obviously the edge of turning a new decade. And yeah, man, it's, it's crazy to think about just how fast everything goes. And then that stress builds and builds. And when it's finally your day, it's like, yeah, wow, I'm turning 30 years old today. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, the cry, they put down crying as a symptom for uh, depression. I feel like I don't think I've ever met anybody who's gotten that upset about birthdays. Um, I, I'm trying to think of like an instance of somebody crying because it's their birthday. I think Christina cried when she turned 30. Sorry, babe, if you're watching this, but <laughs> she cried when she turned 30. Yeah, okay. That I mean. I guess if you're like emotionally like really high up there, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess re- reading it back now that you put it that way, um, I, I guess I can kind of see that. Um, I, think, I don't think for her though it was like a like a depression. I think it was more just like a I'm not twenty. There's not a two in front of my number. No, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> She's been turning twenty five for six years now, so. I'm just... right. Yeah, just put on your driver's license. I'm 21. You're 35. 21. Okay, you're 21. <laughs> Whatever you say. <laughs> He's like, I don't even argue no more. I'm like, oh, yeah, she's 25. <laughs> um, and then of course they put down the no energy or motivation thing. That I definitely have felt before uh, a birthday when uh, you don't feel like anybody has any plans to celebrate your birthday or just like you take off a vacation and you're not sure what you're going to do. You just took off because you wanted it off. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that no energy and motivation comes into play when, uh, when you're basically a loner, when you don't really have family, you know, uh, obviously being single is, is another factor in there too. Uh, no motivation and or no energy. It's just like, yeah. And that I guess plays into the, it's just another day mentality. Mm-hmm. so i guess that that kind of makes sense with the the no energy motivation um there's an interesting one on here and we talked about this before the podcast and genuinely made me laugh only because it reminded me of a movie but ruminating on the past and you know goals uh not being accomplished like uh not getting married or having kids i've talked to my sister about about this conversation where she feels like she's behind. Mm-hmm. Um, she feels like she's not accomplishing anything because she's 22 years old and she has people her age uh, that have kids or are married and stuff. And I, I, I guess I want to ask you from a guy's perspective, have you ever felt like you didn't accomplish something by a certain age and it kind of got in your head about it? Yeah, I actually still sometimes, but I don't let it get to me. Like I'll catch myself. Because, you know, so like not to get on the subject of social, because we can drift off into this, but let's not. But social media can literally warp your mind. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's Absolutely. it's it's false. It's it's a it's it's a painting. You know what I'm saying? It's not real. So, like, you look at some of these people who are our age, younger than us, down to like 20 years old, who are buying houses, already owning houses, who got the nice cars, who got this, who got that. You know what I'm saying? Like, who who look like they're living this extravagant lifestyle. But at the end of the day, we don't know what's going on. So like, I'll catch myself and I'll be like, damn, bro, like, I'm, I just turned 30 and like, I don't own a house yet. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have this yet or anything like that. But then I'm like, well, wait a minute. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got three healthy kids. 
I got a nice car or we're, it's an apartment, it's a nice apartment. You know what I'm saying? I got a nice apartment. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like we're struggling or anything like that. So it's like, there's a house, like a necessity, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it would be nice to own a house, but I'm not stressing over it. You know what I'm saying? So like, I, I literally have to sit back sometimes and Christina would say like, she'll even be like, all right, calm down. Like, look at what you got. Right. So it's like a reality check. I mean, like, you know what? Yeah, you know what? Fuck, fuck that guy. If I get lucky enough one day I'll hit the lottery or I'll become really successful and I'll have all that. You know what I'm saying? But for right now, I'm good. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting that you brought up the social media thing because that's actually, you know, like you said, we can go to the rabbit hole on that all day. Yeah. But obviously we we we, we don't want to. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's very interesting because in high school that was a really big thing for me seeing all those kids pull into a Mitchell high school with a brand new Mustang and my ass is still taking the bus. Yeah. And, you know, fast forward to these uh, guys and girls that are like 23, 25, they're married, they have kids, they have a house, this and that. And a lot of them are well off. Mm -hmm. I used to do this to myself so damn much where I felt like I was so behind everybody. Like, mm. I don't have a house. I don't have kids. I don't have a wife. And then I stopped myself. Like you said, it's a great balance to mm. stop yourself and look at what you have. Look at what you've done. Two years ago, I was still living at my dad's house because I moved from Jersey. I didn't know what the hell I was doing with my life. Now look at me. Mm. I have an apartment of my own. I pay my own bills. I don't lean on nobody. I don't have any uh, responsibilities outside of my own yeah. and I'm content and a lot of people can't even say they're content they have this house they have these kids kids are a great part of our life yeah. I know people who have too many kids uh, don't take that the wrong way no, I, trust me I know what you're saying <laughs> that have too many kids and are miserable because of it yeah and you know obviously you can't plan for parenthood mm-hmm. you can't plan for having kids and being financially well off because you don't know what that kid is going to bring financially. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have an aunt and uncle who's, whose child was born with medical issues. And again, they're in their, they were in their forties, late forties when they had a kid, you can plan out your life. You can go to college and do all those things. And then when that kid's born, it shifts your life. You know, I'm not saying don't have kids. I, I'm just saying, make sure you're happy with yourself so you're not bleeding onto your kids. Yeah. You know, does that, does that make sense? Like, do you think uh, I'm wording that right? No, hundred percent. And I was like that also. I feel like, cause I had Trey when I was 20 Yeah. and I had Gio when I was 22 and then Valentina when I was 27. So like Valentina was, she got like the older version of me. So, you know, still me, but a little bit more calm. Right. And a little bit more self-aware. Yeah. As where Trey and Gio, like, I still get upset sometimes because I feel like at myself, because I feel like the younger me didn't give them the attention and all that that they needed. You know what I'm saying? So I do feel like when you're, and as, as far as like the kids and all that stuff, I feel like you should be at least as prepared as you can be. I feel like, you know, if, if you're, if having kids is something that you've talked about with, with somebody or you know you're you know you're going to have kids with your partner or whatever i feel if you're mentally okay like mm-hmm. you know i'm not even talking about financial like 
mental health is something I'm very big on. And both of my parents were 100% mentally not fit for, to be parents. Mm-hmm. Um, they've gotten a little bit better. I can't say the same about my mom. My dad's gotten a little bit better now that he's older, but I just, there's so many bad habits and so many toxic cycles that I've had to break throughout my life. And, you know, looking at ruminating on, on goals you didn't accomplish. Yeah. You might be 35 and don't have kids and you're not married and you don't have a house. And like you said, you gotta, you gotta find that balance in your life and and be grateful for what you have, Mm -hmm. because I feel that's something so many people struggle to do is be grateful. Yeah. Like there's nothing wrong with wanting more. There's nothing wrong with, wanting to accomplish more in your life but no if you're not happy with the foundation Mm -hmm. why would you stack more on that foundation yeah and like uh like recently so i don't want to say anyone's name but recent not recently but i've heard a, a lot more people saying that they don't want kids and i've also heard people saying that that's like a selfish thing to say but i'm like that's probably the least selfish thing you could say right is like admitting that you don't want kids because why would you bring a child into the world after saying like I don't want kids? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like then you're you're not having to like you said like put negativity on the child or, or blaming something on a child or them growing up and be like well I didn't want you or like I wasn't prepared for you know what I'm saying? So like I feel like that is the least selfish thing you could actually say is when people are like oh, I'm I'm okay with not having kids. Yeah. But I feel like some people are like oh, how could you not want to have kids? You know what I'm saying? I just I don't know. And it kind of like influences that mentality of like the our, the older generation, mainly like, oh, you guys have been together 20, 30 years. Why don't you have kids? Or when are you having kids? When are you getting married? And again, it, it spews on the unaccomplished goals in the back of your mind chirping. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, I'm 32 years old and I don't have kids yet. Am I doing something wrong? And again, when, when your birthday comes, I, it's something that, chirps very loud in the back mm-hmm. of um, probably about all of us you know i wouldn't even say there's anybody really exempt from from feeling like that mm-hmm. you know I, I talked to my dad who's uh he's turning 52 this year and just hearing some of the things he's saying now it's kind of it's weird to hear him talk about because he's never been like emotionally all there for for any of us and now that he's gotten older he's starting to see like man i want to leave something behind for you guys and the whole time growing up it was more about you know him wanting to be in a relationship or whatever and as he got older he wanted to kind of keep that stability for us um and i think that's one of the most important parts about your inner peace is stability and you know if you have stability, you're a lot further in your life than a lot of other people. Yeah. And, you know, just because you don't have a house doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I think that also pushes you to do more. Right. Further stability. Yeah. You have that, that, that backbone holding you up. Right. And, and, you know, if you, if you leave behind a legacy for your kids and they can honestly use whatever lessons you taught them, to pass on to their the next generation or whatever you've accomplished a shit ton Mm because our parents growing up didn't really know 
the right things to say to their kids. Didn't know the, I don't think there's a right or wrong way to raise a kid, but I, huh? There's a wrong way. Well, you, you get what I mean. Like there, there's no handbook for, for being a parent is basically what I'm saying. Um, but you know, if you can, if you can lay down that legacy for a future, future generation, you're, you're accomplishing a hell of a lot there. So I think it's important to just stop, be grateful, and just keep building on the foundation that you have. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's okay to to strive for more, you know? Yeah. Um, changes in sleep and appetite is a really big one, I think, for people that have high stress, um, especially before a birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the day that I turned 30, I only slept for 45 minutes. Yeah, maybe um, I called you and you said that. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it's it was one of those things that I wasn't worried about turning thirty. It was more or less I was worried about my birthday being a mess for some reason or something going wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that just goes back to like childhood trauma, you know. Um, and disinterest in birthdays is another symptom, and then isolation is a really big one. Um, mm-hmm. again. I want to turn this one on you. Have you ever had a birthday that you just wanted to be left alone? Like you don't want, didn't want to celebrate with anybody. You didn't want to see family. Like I know you're big on family. Yeah. But like, have you ever felt like you didn't want to be in it around anybody for your birthday? Uh, actually last, last year was probably the only birthday I ever really felt like that. And was that because because of the pandemic, or was that just because of just things going on uh, around your birthday? Yeah, that was just things going on in my life at that time. Right. Where it was just like, I don't even want to deal with this today. I don't want to deal with anybody. Just go to work, and that's it. Yeah. Um. So the the last question I had for you on the symptoms part of it is when your birthday comes around every year. Do you struggle with the thought of getting older um, or feeling behind at all? I, I, we kind of, we kind of talked about that a little bit. I kind of incorporated that with the ruminating question. Um, do you, what's the, what's the word I, I want to use here? Do you struggle with the thought of being older? Like, do you think that whatever age you are now, like feels different in a in a negative sense at all i guess is is how i want to word that uh i don't think now because i don't think you know when you're young you think like 30 like wow you're old yeah but i don't like it's so funny because like i'll do stuff now and and like i'll be like i'll like i just did i stretch my back and like i'll do stuff and i'll be like oh like and christina's like you're 30 and i'm like (laughs) like this thing this isn't it this isn't it and like i'll still try to do stuff that when like i was younger bro like even even three four years ago yeah you know what i'm saying that i do now and i'm like like all right i was playing a virtual reality game the other day at my friend's house it was a boxing game but it's like the real one like you actually have to fight and all this stuff <laughs> bro it was only three rounds five minutes each at the end of the second round i was like <gasps> uh, <laughs> like at the end of the third round i was just throwing punches like this i was like just go down <laughs> <laughs> and like i genuinely like it but on the way home in my mind, like we were laughing and shit. I'm like, bro, I used to play ball 
from sunup to sundown, running back and forth all day long, and now I can't play a boxing game, bro? Like, <laughs> it's uh, not even a real boxing game. <laughs> <laughs> so in the sense of that, like, but I think that is just me, like, over the last couple of years also just doing nothing really but working, coming home yeah. and doing what I have to do and not really so much, quote, unquote, like taking care of myself. Right. But as far as getting old, like, or getting older, I don't think it's hit me yet. Cause I don't, I don't think I'm at the age yet where it really like bothers me that I'm, yeah, that I'm, yeah. I'm you know, cause I'm, I'm still, I'm still, we're still young. We're only 30. Yeah. And I do think though, like, I, do, I think that getting old just bothers me because if I get old, that means my kids are getting older. Yeah. Yeah. You know I was saying like in my sense and like, I still like Trey's 10, but he's like, he's tall. You know what I'm saying? So like I go to hug him and like his head is like at my chest now and I'm like, Every time I see a picture of that kid, I'm like, bro. Yeah. There's no and, way he's only 10. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, like, Gio or uh, Valentina, like, like, she's three. But there's, like, she's extremely intelligent. So, like, there's, like, even my dad is, like, I can have full-blown, like, I could talk. I could, I could sit down and talk to Valentina about anything, bro. Like, and anything. I could be, like, oh, babe, can you do this or this? And, like, she'll actually have a full-blown conversation. And, like, I look at her and I'm, like, I don't want you to grow up. Like, I just want you to stay three. <laughs> like, like, I want to stay 30 and I want you to stay three so I can just love you forever, like hug you forever. You know what I'm saying? So like, it, like that makes me sad, but it makes me happy at the same time. So like, I don't think, I don't know. It, it's an I, internal battle. It really is. Like, it's like, it's like literally, it's like a 50-50. Like you're good and then you're like, eh, like there's the goods and then there's like the upsetting parts. But it's, it's overall, I think it's more of like a, like a good, a good thing. It's, you know, it's funny that you uh, bring up the the physicality part of it because, like, obviously when we were in our, like, early 20s, we could stay up to, like, 5 a.m. And be fine. <laughs> Dude, now I can't stay up past, like, 11 sometimes. Oh, well, shit, oh, you know, I'm up at freaking 4, 35 o'clock every day, but some of these people are like, yo, let's play Warzone at 9. And I'm like, <laughs> 9? <laughs> I'm like, bro, no way. <laughs> 8.30 is pushing it. <laughs> hey, I'm done. In the summertime, the sun's still up. I'm like, I'm going to bed right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> my uh, one of my best friends, Roger, he's like 52, I think, mm. and he goes to bed at like 7:30. Like my father, yep. Yeah, and I ask him, I'm like, bro, how the hell do you go to sleep that late, that early? And uh, whenever he tells me he sleeps in, I'm like, bro, you didn't sleep in. Come on. What time did you wake up this morning? 8.15? He's like, oh, no, I woke up at 8. I'm like, that's not sleeping in. Yeah, bro, I'm the – oh, my God. So, first <laughs> of all, my dad's asleep every day by, like, 7. And right. he's up every day. Doesn't matter. No time of week, no alarm, nothing by, like, 4.30 every single day. So, if right. that man sleeps past 6, something's going on. Me, I woke up I woke up this morning. It was, like, 7.30. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. Like, you know, I'm just getting up. But that's, like – my normal wake up time is like seven, seven thirty because I'm just so wired at waking up at so early. Yeah. That like sleeping into me is literally like seven thirty, eight o'clock. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's before, it's, it's definitely uh it's one of those things where your mind's playing tricks on you. You know, obviously no pun towards the ghetto boy song, of course, <laughs> but <laughs> your mind really does mess with you, bro. Like uh the getting older mentality, it's like like you said, just standing up, it's like, oh, my back, bro, you're only 30. You shouldn't have back problems. You know what I mean? And uh, I going for a bike ride for like 45 minutes or an hour, you know, of course, with this Florida heat, 
but mm-hmm. you go for a bike ride it feels like you've been uh bike riding for like a day bro, like, yes. bro i am 30 this is not okay no it's not it's really not i <laughs> don't want this no more and you know it's that technology has destroyed us mm-hmm. and, and you know I don't think technology is a hundred percent terrible thing, but it's something that has groomed us to just like be comfortable doing nothing. <laughs> and I'm big. Oh, listen, I listen. I I feel like technology is the downfall of my capabilities of going out and playing a full game of basketball because like I I go out and I'm like, oh, it's hot. I'm gonna go sit in front of the computer for like three hours. And then instead, like, <laughs> <laughs> like instead of playing, going to the gym, play, just download a, a basketball app on your phone. Yeah, oh, this will do. <laughs> Um, so let's talk about the uh different coping tools for birthday depression Mm. allowing your emotions to arise i feel this is important for like every aspect of depression not just Mm. when it's your birthday but holiday depression Mm. if you allow yourself to feel what you're feeling you're you're eventually going to be okay you let yourself cry like you know i for the longest time always held back tears just because that stigma around men's mental health were like oh you know if if you cry you're a pussy or you know don't show emotion because you're a man be a man mm-hmm. and when we come across something like loss or something that genuinely upsets you and you finally let yourself go and you don't stop if you can allow yourself to, to feel that, that stress, to feel that anxiety or just overwhelming feeling of getting older, I feel each year that comes along gets easier for you to celebrate, gets easier for you to be grateful that you're turning a new age. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you feel about the emotional part of, 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 uh, of coping? Like, do you, do you feel that important to let yourself feel? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, because I, I just I was the same way as you. Like I didn't want to ever show emotion. My my emotion was always anger. Yeah, I remember. Like, yeah, my, my my emotion like it didn't matter what it was. It just went to anger. Right. So, but I think that was I don't think that was what I like. It wasn't what I wanted. You know what I meant to be. That was just me holding everything back. Yeah, and then just letting it out no matter like what anything that little triggered me like all the emotion that was in me just came out so it always it sometimes it didn't go good most of the time isn't it strange to talk about the things that trigger us being older now because we used to joke Mm -hmm. about triggers we used to joke about uh you know somebody's triggered over this or whatever but when you really start to to notice that you have triggers that mm-hmm. you have things that set you off. It's, it's, I don't want to say it's a special feeling to be able to identify those, but it kind of goes along with the uh, self-awareness, you yeah. know, being aware of things that piss you off, you know, things that could affect you during your birthday. It's just like, you know, I can joke around now about a lot of things that used to bother me. Like, obviously you guys were hecklers to me uh, when you were still down here with, with yeah. Santi and Javi and, it was really hard for me to take that heckling because I grew up getting tortured yeah. by people, you know, that includes parents. Yeah. And it was really hard for me to not take everything as a joke. Yeah. Like differentiate, but that's why, like, not to, that's why we would always say like, Oh, like, we're just kidding. Like 
we genuinely meant it and we still like you know us now obviously because obviously we've been friends for friggin 15 plus years but that's like i feel like it's not just with our group of friends that's what like all my group of friends yeah like, you can look through all my group chats like my ch- my messages and all that stuff if we're not like just destroying each other but we know the line, you know what I'm right, saying? Like, right. you know, like, all right, let's not joke about that. Like, <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like, we know the line, but we just, like, we rip each other apart sometimes, bro. And it's like, you know if I don't like you, if I just have a bland conversation with you. Yeah. Or if I don't know you, I'll just have, like, I'll know, like, all right, I don't know this person. Let me not be myself right now. Let me, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Or, oh, it's him. Let me just say hello, goodbye type stuff. Yeah, and, like, you know, like, that kind of, kind of, it blends into, like, letting yourself feel everything. Yeah. Like if you don't feel the energy around you, if you don't uh, like conversations with you, for instance, mm-hmm. if we like blocked each other off and like anything, any conversation you and I have had in the last six, seven years, mm-hmm. uh, obviously you and I as, as human beings have grown mentally and we know, we know the threshold of, of, you know the emotions of, of things that we talk about yeah and allowing yourself to like feel everything that's going on in front of you whether that's joking around whether that's depression loss whatever it is if you don't allow yourself to feel that's when things just become so much harder and you just like you're numb all the time mm-hmm. right and when it comes to like birthdays i know so many people in my circle or used to be in my circle that we're just always angry on their birthday, always mm. bitter or just always, Oh, you know, it's just another birthday. I don't give a shit about my birthday. You know, whatever. Nobody cares. I, I used to be like that. I used to be like that during holidays. Yeah. And then it, it slowly, my emotional awareness and uh, you know, intelligence started coming together full circle and you start feeling everything that you're meant to feel as a person. And, you know, like you said, you, you resulted to anger for all that time. Mm-hmm. And then you finally, I'm assuming you finally started letting yourself feel everything that you were feeling. Well, I still, Christina could attest this. I still struggle with like my snappiness of like, like, my biggest thing is how I talk. I don't realize how I talk to people sometimes. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm doing it. And it doesn't like when I say stuff, I'm not hearing myself say it in a manner that is like aggressive or being like sarcastic or something like that. But Grafina sometimes like, whoa, check yourself real quick. Yeah. And even some like recently, actually a lot more recently than ever, I'll like stop myself literally in the middle of a sentence and be like, all right. I'm sorry because I'll, I'll I'll catch myself doing it or I'll catch myself like being angry or something like that or it's not you I don't mean to take it out on you not just her like in whatever sense but uh I still I still struggle with the with the snappiness and the getting angry at certain things so like I'll I'll, I'll feel myself getting angry or right. I'll feel myself getting annoyed with stuff and I'm like I'll I'll I'll, I'll notice it yeah like that self-awareness like clicks yeah like it'll click at me and i'm like all right you know what don't let it bother you and i'll either not pay attention or i'll do something else or i'll just think of something else to try to get my mind off of it 
But it's I think it's I don't think it ever truly goes away. Mm-hmm. Like you said on on the other subject, I think it's just something that you learn to live with. Yeah. Or you learn to control and learn what your triggers and your it's that your, growth, man. It's yeah. that growth. But I, I, I I'm I'm the first to admit I, I struggle with that all the time. Yeah. It's hard and I tell Christina that it's hard to go from one way to just trying to not be like that. You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? Because even if I didn't want to be upset or pissed off or angry or snappy, it was just how I felt. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like getting myself to just be like, I'm done with that. You're you're gonna have setbacks. Right. You know what I'm saying? As long as you acknowledge it and tell yourself, all right, look, that's not how I want to be. And you work, keep working towards it. That's the best. That's literally all you can do. It's the best you could do. Bro, accountability and awareness go so damn far. <laughs> just in like every aspect of being a human being. And a, a lot of people just don't have the ability to accept accountability for what they say to people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not one to want to walk on eggshells but like you said you catch yourself and how you word things mm-hmm. and i think when you're able to have that awareness you know you're already a, a million steps uh, ahead of people who don't watch what they say or don't care what they say to people hey everyone everyone knows bro yeah i say what i want right i not what i let me rephrase that i don't say what i want i say how i feel yeah but it's a matter of knowing how who and how you can say that thing too i'm saying like i know i can tell you how i feel and i can word it however i want and you're going to understand me yeah you're not going to take offense to it you're not going to be upset about it you're going to understand yeah there are certain people i have to like say what i mean but in a different way right you know what i mean absolutely and uh you know there's Another coping mechanism is, you know, practicing awareness, which we we touched on self-compassion and self-love. Mm-hmm. So the self-love thing I, I wrote on there when I saw the self-compassion, because I feel a lot of people struggle with treating themselves. You know, mm-hmm. uh, when you have kids, it's hard to make time for yourself. It's hard to do things for yourself. And, you know, or you could be one of those people who work 80 hours a week and just don't have time to do anything. Mm -hmm. And I feel this is one of the most important coping mechanisms for everything is is self-love and self-compassion. Compassion Compassion is something I've personally, I feel like the world is missing right now is compassion. Mm -hmm. And you you throw in self-love shit if if there was if there was enough self-love in the world man can you imagine the peace that we could have in this world is if people could just love themselves and not spew their trauma their anger uh you know whatever it is onto other people you know I, i i've had traumatic experiences i've had a childhood i wouldn't wish on anybody and you know i don't make it a measuring contest at how my trauma is compared to your trauma or anybody else's trauma. But I've also taught myself to not dump my emotions onto other people because I've been through said trauma. Yeah. And if you can sit there and say that you love yourself and mean it, that's the most important part is meaning it. Mm -hmm. I feel 
when that birthday comes around, you can be at peace with turning X years old. You can be at peace with uh, just a new chapter in your life instead of just kind of going off the numb comment saying it's just another year. You know what I mean? And uh, I feel very strongly about taking care of yourself uh, and putting yourself first mm-hmm. once in a while. And as a, as a, uh, as you're a father, I'm sure putting yourself first is really hard. I'm going to, I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I, all right. So this is kind of going to lead into the second part of this, uh, this, this podcast, but Santi actually changed my mind about that whole thing that you just said. And I swear to God, it resonates with me. I think about it all the time because he pulled me aside one day. It was me, him, and I, I want to say it was Edwin. Um, We were talking about something. It was like he had just left church, something like that. And we were sitting there talking about it. And he was like, what do you think is more important, more important, like you being happy or your child's happiness? And I instantly, I was like, my child's happiness, 100%. Like I would do anything for my child, my child's happiness. And he goes, what if you're not happy? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, I don't care if I'm not happy because I want them to be happy. Like, I'd rather struggle and but not show them. I'd rather them have everything. He's like, nah. He goes, you have to be happy before they can be happy. You know what I'm saying? And then he went into like this whole spiel of just like, if you're upset, you're not going to realize it, but you might take it out on your kids. If you're stressed, you might not realize it, but you might take it out on the kids. If you're this, if you're that, like everything that you have is going to have an impact on them. So if you're happy, it's going to resonate onto them. But if you're not happy or if you're struggling, if you're, if you're upset, you could try to hide it, but it's going to show. So like that, I feel like I swear to God, bro, I think about that all the time because like if I get upset or I get stressed or like I get upset with the kids and all this shit, I'm like, but then he's, you know, like he said, you have your, your number one job is to be a parent. You, You can't let the kids do whatever they want and I feel like that's the biggest problem with our generation he was saying is like these kids these parents want to be friends before their parents and that's why these kids are running all over them he's like you have to be happy so you have to tell your kids sometimes like no you know what I'm saying like you can't do this or you can't do that and you 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 know what I'm saying like it all just kind of ties together but that I, I I feel like you have to be happy before everything I love that I love that yeah. he, dude I swear to god like you know, he always had the best possible way to word everything for it, like to click. Yes. You know, like everything him and I ever talked about, every piece of advice that we shared. Yeah, he did. I, t- I tell everyone all the time, like we were the same. I think I was a little bit older than him, actually, but yeah. I looked up to him. Yeah. I've like, you know what I'm saying? Like you have those people where like you look up to people like, oh, who's your idol? Like my father. Like who's somebody you look up to? Oh, my grandfather or my mom or something like that. Like, no, nah, bro. Like. I looked up to my best friend. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because like he might not have had he lifted it all. everybody up, bro. Yeah, like he might not have had it all, but he was someone who I hope that I could genuinely be as good as. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I saying? Completely agree. And you know, I I love that this was like the perfect subject. Mm. I felt like to to blend together with uh with Santi being mentioned because I know he was really big on self-love. Yeah. And lifting other people up and you know like you said if you're not happy mm-hmm. everybody else around you that you that depends on you is not going to be happy mm-hmm. and 
you know, when they say that that famous old saying, happy wife, happy life, I think it, it goes with the self-love there too. Yeah. If you're not happy, how could you make somebody else happy? Yeah. And I feel that's one of the many reasons that people split up is because of just not being happy. And yeah. I'm not even saying like, uh, you know, the finances aren't right or the kids, whatever. It's, it's all, it all runs down to how you feel about yourself mm-hmm. and your inner peace and your trauma that you're dealing with. If you can't, if you can't bandage yourself up and allow yourself to heal, I feel anybody else that you try to bring into your life or try to give off your energy to is just going to end up being a carbon copy of yourself. Like I'm bitter about this. So you have to be bitter about it too. Kind of thing. Yeah. like so, it's, it, They have to suffer type thing. Yeah. And then, you know, again, it goes back to that, that toxic cycle of, you know, if you don't like celebrating your birthdays or whatever, your, your kids are probably going to follow that same direction. Yeah. Um, so there's another coping mechanism is talking about your experience, uh, experience to somebody um, about your birthdays. And, and I kind of feel like that runs into the, the therapist part of uh, what I was reading to you mm-hmm. that I didn't want to write down or really talk about. But I feel it's important to have somebody you can confide in. Like, mm-hmm. I feel you and I can always have a conversation about whatever. Yeah. That's how I felt about Santi. We can always talk, call one day and just talk about something for hours. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have somebody to talk to, you bottle that shit up and it gets worse. It gets worse. And every year that your birthday comes, you're just going to constantly feel that same feeling you've been feeling for the last 25 years of your life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of movies kind of touch on on that, too. Like Like Scrooge. Scrooge is a great example of that. He hated Christmas and treated everybody like shit. And then what happened? People were showing him his ways, showing him this is what you said to this person and this person took your life, you know, whatever it is. And it's something that I feel is always important. I'm not telling everybody who listens to my podcast to go to therapy. Mm -hmm. Therapy is not for everybody. But if you have that unbiased voice to talk to, to listen to, Then it's important for you to be able to talk to that person and let all those feelings that you have bottled up in you and and allow yourself to be happy, like allow happiness and peace into your heart. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And I know for the longest time, you yourself struggle talking about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And maybe in like the last, I'd probably say like three or four years, you've gotten really a lot better at at talking about what you were going through. Mm -hmm. So I guess that kind of goes into my, my question is how important do you feel it is to talk about what you're going through? I think it's probably the most important thing you could do. Yeah. Is next to that. And I feel like the, the crying or like, like noticing or like releasing your emotion. I think those two should literally be like, top of the list right you know what i'm saying so like i think you should acknowledge it but i don't think that's enough i think you need to talk about it also like get it out yeah you know what i'm saying like even like christina's daughters they diary you know what i'm saying like if you don't want to talk to us write it down 
you know what I'm saying? Like get, get it out so you could physically see it or you could physically hear it. Right. Because I, I don't know. I just, I think releasing it, like you could, you could physically feel like the weight kind of getting off you when you talk about something. I've had stuff that I didn't want to talk about. I finally talked about it and I might get emotional. Yeah. But it's like, okay, I'm not the only one who knows about this now. I'm not the only one who knows that this is why I feel like this now. You know what I'm saying? So like even, even Christina, you know, we had that little bit in our relationship where me and her had split up and, you know, we're back together. Everything is great and all that stuff for the past, you know, however long we've been back together. But I, with her too, like she didn't know that I felt a certain way and vice versa. There was things that I didn't know, but once we sat down and we acknowledged and all that stuff, like it, how, how are you supposed to, how is someone supposed to know how you feel? Right. You know, someone, how, how is someone supposed to know like, okay, if I say this, they're going to react this way. If I talk about this subject, they're going to react this way. If I do anything, I don't know how they're going to like, how, why are you reacting like that? You have to tell me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I might not be the person for you, for you to tell. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, like I'm not saying talk to anybody. You got to be comfortable talking to somebody, but I think that is the hundred percent top of the list thing that you need to do is not bottle it up. You have to talk to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just out of curiosity, what what are your thoughts on on therapy like how do you feel about about the idea of therapy so i'm like i don't know i feel like i have the same pros and cons as most people with therapy so like i'm actually still looking to get into therapy yeah currently but i feel like you know me i'm not a very conventional person yeah so i feel like a conventional therapist is something that i i would do and i want to do but I feel like I need to genuinely go through people and find someone who I'm like, all right, this person absolutely I'm comfortable, which I feel like everyone has the same concerns. But I didn't realize that there was like a whole different type of therapy until I found this lady up here who's who they call herself like the whole office is called like the unconventional therapist. And the whole the whole web page is like, you have depression? Well, come fucking talk to us. Like in like in word, like you know what I'm saying? Like they're blatantly like, you want to come in here and you just want to yell fuck at the top of your lungs, do it. Yeah. Normal people. You want to come in here and and just talk and bullshit or whatever. Like, that's what we want to do. We don't want you to feel like you're you're in here talking to just someone who's like writing on a pad or just like, you know, asking yeah. random questions. Like, we want you to come in here and have a conversation. And then we'll go from there. So like I'm trying to see if if there's anybody in that office who has like openings because I even told Christina like that one, as soon as I read it and I seen the page, I was like, that's who I want to go talk to. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? So like, I feel like that's the biggest thing, but I, those are really like, but I think therapy is a huge thing. Yeah, I really do. Um, when I had my bad experience with, with therapy, when I first came back down to Florida, I remember um, work had um, brought in uh, a guy from NAMI, you know, the, national alliance on mental health uh, uh mental institution um or illness sorry and i asked him when uh when the session was over and everybody walked out because i was at that point in my life where i didn't feel comfortable talking about mental health out loud i didn't want to the q a just look like an ass or something and i asked him like you know i just recently experienced a you know a you know openly say a pretty shitty therapist mm. and you know she made me want to give up because she was, she, you know, she kicked me to the curb, whatever. And, and I told him, I said, how do I go about looking for another therapist? Mm -hmm. 
Mm. He's like, honestly, the best thing that you can do if you're if you're serious about looking for therapy is like you mentioned, going through different therapists isn't a bad thing mm. because most of the people that go to therapy don't like the idea of starting over and talking to a new therapist over and over. Yeah. Like I have a good friend, Victoria, who does telehealth, uh, which is like it's like free therapy through her uh, through her work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she goes through therapists because, you know, some of them she might not vibe with or some of them just isn't as responsive as she like to be or whatever. And I feel if you can ask the therapist, you know, what they cover and what techniques they use or, you know, uh, if they prescribe medicine, like you got to ask the important questions in therapy, because when people think therapy, like a, a casual person who thinks therapy, they think, oh, well, if I talk to a therapist, I'm crazy. You know, uh, they're going to give me medicine because I have depression. And th- there's that misconception of therapy that shit, a lot of people who aren't in therapy have. It's, you know, the, the unconventional therapist idea, I think, is terrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wish there was more people like that. Yeah. I'm grateful. I'm more than grateful for the therapist that I have. I, I think of the absolute world of her. And I, every, every person that I've talked to who has an interest in therapy or is attending therapy, I, I say to them, like, listen, like everybody's therapist is not going to be the same. No. You're not going to have the same relationship as somebody else is going to have with their therapist, their therapist. Mm-hmm. And I think it's an, important to realize, like, you also have to be willing to put in the work for therapy too. Mm-hmm. And, and understand that that therapist is is an unbiased voice is there to listen, but is also there to give you suggestions. Like instead of saying, Oh, well fuck this day because it's a Monday. All right. Well, instead of doing that, how about we think of Monday as a new start to the week? This could be a really good week. You know, Monday doesn't have to be a bad day. Like, yeah, we joke around like, fuck, it's the beginning of the week, but you know, therapy is all about changing your mind on shit. So I feel when you can find that voice to, to have listen to you and give you advice or suggestions, you're able to enjoy holidays, celebrate your life, celebrate another birthday and, you know, realize that maybe therapy is not for you. Maybe just confiding in a grandparent, confiding in a best friend. Mm-hmm. We confided in, in Santi. I was going to say, I feel like Santi was my therapist. Yeah. And yeah. he was so good at, and talking to you about things and you know what's great my favorite thing in the world about santi was when i started therapy and i started this journey into mental health and everything he would come to me and ask me about stuff mm-hmm. the exhilarating feeling of having somebody you look up to i looked up to him too mm-hmm. the exhilarating feeling of somebody coming to you and asking you okay i have a friend who's going through xyz how do I help them with this and shit like that? There, there's so much possibilities when you can start healing. Like, yeah. dude, honest, honest to, to God, seeing the difference between you now and five years ago is incredible. Yeah. Like, honest, honest to God, like, no bullshit. I think the world of you and you're one of my best friends. And I couldn't be more happy for the growth that you've done. And that's that's one of the biggest reasons I wanted to have you on this podcast because I know you're not like a hundred percent in tune with like mental health stuff like I am, mm-hmm. but like the the level that you're at is is 
more than enough to to openly talk about this shit because you're one of those guys who bottled that shit up and didn't talk about it forever and now that you're at that point in your life where you can talk about it man like it's incredible honestly i appreciate it bro yeah of course so before we get into the second piece of this how do you celebrate your birthday do you party? Do you stay up late? Do you buy a couple 12 packs and go hang out with people? Like I will probably never go out on my birthday again because <laughs> two days after my birthday, the whole country shut down. <laughs> and everyone who went out with me blamed it on my birthday. So I'm never going out on my birthday again. No, honestly, it depends. Like I just like having something little. Like if because my birthday's in March. Yeah. It's March 8th. So it's usually kind of crappy out, especially up here. Um I don't know, usually just go out for dinner. Usually just me, Christina, and the kids. Um, my mom might go. Um, and then usually the weekend before or after, we might just go out to, like, a restaurant or we'll have a, a couple friends. I'm, I'm really good friends with um, some of Christina's cousins and all that stuff. And then, you know, Big Mike and Jose. It's pretty much just them, bro. We all just either go out and hit the bar or we'll go to, like, a restaurant to where we can have kids there but still grab, like, a couple beers or something. Yeah, yeah. I um, mean, it's pretty simple for me. I've always always found places cool, like you know, Dave and Buster's, where it's like a, it's an adult arcade, but you know, there, there's a bar there and kids yeah. can play there too and stuff. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's cool that we're in a generation of like restaurants and, uh, you know, events where kids can do that too. Like obviously, uh, when we were early twenties, teenagers, there was a really big influx of people who were having kids, so you know, coming to 2022 and seeing how uh, a lot of those parents have like kids in their teens or close to their teens now it's cool that we've gotten to the point of where you can celebrate your life and have your family and or kids with you you know it's i just always found that really cool Mm -hmm. um so that kind of brings me into our next part part of this podcast which you know i entitled the tribute to our loved ones you know this little segment is going to be very personal um and i wanted to make sure that i had george on here because uh as i mentioned earlier on the 11th i believe it is right mm-hmm. august 11th uh last year unfortunately we lost our really good friend and brother santiago um obviously we miss him every day and we wanted to do this part of the podcast for him so <clears throat> let's start with I I think one of the most genuine parts of of this podcast is uh, what's your fondest memory with Santi? Bro, I got so many fond memories of Santi. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I just I I loved all the moments where he would just like message me out of nowhere. Yeah. To just like acknowledge me. You know what I'm saying? Because like like you said, like the the difference between me and like five years ago. And even now, like, so like we have friends who I, I won't, you know, I won't name or anything like that, but we have friends who aren't as understanding. We're still close friends and all, but aren't as understanding as like me, you, or, and like Santi. So, you know what I'm saying? I feel like us three had a different connection than yeah. me and everybody else. But I feel like the, the, honestly, like, all right. So my last text with Santi um, was July 27th of last year. And, uh, he had just, I, I had just messaged him. I don't, I don't remember what I was going through or anything like that, but I just messaged him because, like, we would do this all the time. And I was like, yo, I just love you, bro. And he wrote back, he's like, love you, bro. Like, hey, how's everything going? 
And I was like, it's all right, you know, just dealing with everything. I was like, um, in life every day, but I'm just saying, fuck it. And I'm living happy. Because, you know, at the time, I, everything was cool and everything. So he goes, oh, man, yeah, it could be a damn hassle. Um, what are you What are you doing to focus on yourself and improvement as an individual? And I just wrote back jokingly. I was like, not kill people. So then he goes, bro, he put the laugh face. He goes, bro, dot, dot, dot. Seriously, though, what goals do you have? There's got to be something you dream about, an aspiration you have, maybe something you set a long time ago. So I wrote back. I was like, I'm just trying to have my own truck, man. That's really it. And I was like, you know, eventually buy a house. So he 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 just he wrote. He was like, dope, grind it out, man. I want to see you succeed and be at peace within your heart. Money comes and goes, plan through and fall apart, but the inner peace is where it's at. I'll be praying for you and the kids, man. Just so you know, I always got your back. And the last thing I said to him in a text was, appreciate you forever, my bro. So like, I I think that's the fondest memory, just because actually, no, it's not the font the the best memory I have of Santi. Which the moment that like really will always live with me forever is um he was trying to start that little side business with the food. Yeah. Um and he called me up, he was all excited, he wanted to do it, but he pushed it aside because um he didn't have the money to buy the supplies. Yeah. Like the the containers and all the little to go cups and 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 on all the shit. So I called up Keisha one day, I was like, yo, give me his Amazon cart. Get, just send send me everything in his Amazon cart. So she sent me like, you know, the containers, um, the little side dishes, the the cups, the little, the little cups to put like salsa, like all, all this stuff. And then I, you know, I bought some more. So I, bought, I think I bought like forks and all, I bought everything, bro. I bought everything and just, and just surprised him. I sent it to his house, got through the next day. And he called me. He was like, yo, I'm so happy, bro. Like, thank you so much. Like, this is huge. I'm going to start it. And then he started naming like the dishes and all this stuff. But, and like, I was so happy because like I would have done anything for that man. And he called me about an hour later. And like the tone in his voice was just totally different. He was like, bro, listen, I really need to thank you. He's like, people have you messed up. People think that you're just like, you don't care. And people think that you take things a certain way and that, you know, you just don't give a fuck. He's like, but I know you as a different person. He's like, we've known each other for so long. And I just want to say like, I love you. You're my brother. And, you know, that we've had those conversations before. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've always had those heart-to-hearts and, you know, I love you, bro, and, like, all this other stuff. But I don't know, bro. That one was just, like, totally different. You know what I'm saying? Like, that one was probably – that's probably, like, my favorite Santi moment. Yeah. Was like, because I made him so happy. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I genuinely made him so happy that day. And it was just, like, it was probably, like, my favorite moment. I think my uh, – one of my fondest memories with him was, uh, I think, two Christmases ago now. Yeah. Um like one of the first christmases i actually went over to a friend's house uh and you know actually had a good time you know it was like 30 degrees outside mm. and we were sitting in his back porch playing dominoes <laughs> he has his music playing and i remember javier saying he's like bro what the hell are we listening to he's like are you trying to serenade me <laughs> it's like really soft going music and uh and then santi like puts on like death metal and i'm like bro you listen to this? He's like, oh my god, yeah, I love the drums. And I'm like, you fucking with me right now? I'm like, this is, there's no way. Like, you listen to this kind of music. And yeah. he's like sitting here talking to me about music and everything. And I just remember us sitting, uh, us sitting out by the fire. We we took a couple of chairs and sat out in the back with Sage, and uh, just sitting there bullshitting for hours, man. It's like 30 degree weather in front of a fire, and just talking about everything, man. Like from when I started the this journey to to now man it's just 
a lot of what I've done was because of his encouragement. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I, I'm sure I've shared the story with you, but in 20, 2018, um, I had wrote my uh, suicide note on social media. Mm-hmm. Deleted it like five minutes later because I'm like, I'm not trying to get that kind of attention. And I, you know, I didn't want anybody like calling the cops and getting locked up. I still had that mentality of Mm -hmm. the Baker acting bullshit. And I remember him reaching out to me on Facebook Messenger. I said, hey, bro, like I saw your post and I I saw that you took it down. And I just want to make sure that you're okay. Like, this is the first time I heard from Santi since high school. Like, uh, I wasn't close with him like you guys. Like, mm. I didn't start getting close with him until 2018. And that conversation him and I had absolutely saved my life. Like, mm. he reached his hand out selflessly and and helped me get to the point of realization, like, I can't live like this anymore. Mm-hmm. I need to take care of myself. And I sought out therapy, had a good three months with that therapist up there. And she was incredible. And I came back down to Florida and then him and I just instantly had like a terrific friendship. Like I, I gained a brother that, uh, that year mm-hmm. and just like fast forward a couple of years. And I remember him making a Facebook live about us, him and uh, Sage and I, and you know, him like shouting out saying, Oh, you know, Chris, just started the the crisis uh the crisis hotline and everything and doing all this mental health stuff and it's just like i just want to say how incredible it is to see you grow and get where you're where you're at right now and he was like one of the first people in that mental health group and always 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 pushing for for me for my healing and forever grateful for him man like just like you said there's in the short time that i was close with him I had more than enough uh, great memories with him, you know, mm-hmm. and I, obviously like everybody else, I wish I had more, but I genuinely think he is the greatest human being I've ever met in my life. I would hundred percent agree. And like, I feel like that's not just being like biased because I, that, that was like my brother. Like he genuinely was like, he was too good. He yeah. was too good for like any of us. Yeah is like the best way to put it right and he would like joke because i used to tell him that but are you too good for us bro <laughs> and he's like man stop bro like stop man you just, you just we're just boys we're just boys and like i don't know bro like i just i just i just that was gen that was like true like everybody has like a close friend and everybody has like that that close like you know the best friend or like whatever but i i i don't think a lot of people have like a him yeah you know what i'm saying yeah i don't think a lot um, of people have that so that kind of transitions to the next question i had um for our listeners out there and obviously for the family members of ours who may listen to this podcast explain your relationship you have with santi and the best way you can <laughs> mine was see mine was Mine was different than a lot because, you know, we have the close friends. Me, it was me, Javi, Farnham, um, Zach. Uh, for a while, Edwin was there. You know, like we we all came up 
and like hanging out in Vets Village, like doing all the dumb stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like I knew Santi before he was who he was now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like I would Santi would be like, you know what I'm saying? Like we we did all the, the dumb stuff. Yeah. You know, like we we would be the sneaking out, going to smoke and do this and go to the mall with like, you know, we would we did all that. And then you know, there was like that six month period, eight month period where he just kind of dipped and disappeared. And that was when we all had all found out that he had gotten sick with, um, oh shit, I don't remember what it was called, but that disease that he had. Yeah. Um, but then that's also when he had started going to church and all that. So he genuinely, like, if he would try to, like, we would, like, send him, like, videos and all that stuff online. He'd be like, I don't want to see that. So, like, some people would get upset and be like, well, why doesn't he want to see that? Why is he doing that? But, like, I understand. Like, all right, man, you do your thing. So, like, at first, like, there would be, like, a two, three-month period, like, we wouldn't talk, not because we didn't anything like that, but because, you know, he was trying to change himself, and I was still doing me, but my, like, the relationship that I had with him was just, like, I feel like I was always portrayed a certain way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think as I got to that, like, age of, like, really trying to make sure everyone liked me and all this shit. I think I really tried to, I really gave into it. You know what I'm saying? But he always, it didn't matter what I did, what I said, what I was going through, who I was like, nothing. He was always, always there. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he didn't care about anything. He gen like he, he genuinely treated me like I was his brother. Like, it doesn't matter what you're going through. I'm going to tell you if you're wrong, but you're my brother. I love you, and I'm going to support you. Like, he would always tell me that. Like, bro, you know I'm going to tell you if you're wrong. Like, you you fucked up here. You know what I'm saying? So, like, my, my relate, like, I just, I respected that man above, like, I put him on, like, the highest of pedestals because, like, I just, I respected that man more than anything. And I think, I don't know, man, it's just, my relationship with him was, like, it was just crazy. Yeah, you know, like you said, it's uh, we we put him we put him high high up there because there was nobody nobody in the world like him, nobody, mm-hmm. and I I think he was the ideal human being, you know, he was the ideal father, he was the ideal friend, brother, mm-hmm. you know, and he did so much for all of us, and you know I. I know how hard it is just thinking about him. And I know this part would have been the hardest part of this podcast. And that's why I wanted to do it, do it with you. Cause I know it's very raw yeah. and obviously you're going to feel. And, you know, like I said, I appreciate you being willing to talk about this. Cause I know it's hard, man. And <clears throat> The best thing that I could say is he lives all all within us in, in some way or another, you know, and uh, he loved us all. Yeah. You know, um, kind of going into the, the self-love advice that he gave you, would you say that was the best piece of advice that he gave you? Yeah, because he just, he always, he always pushed to like he first of all he always checked he always checked on me yeah and that that was a huge thing but like 
I say it all the time. Like, I just, I don't understand how someone who was our age was like so knowledgeable. Yeah. So just like, so just in tune and in touch with like life and what's going on and like what's going on around you. Yeah. So I feel, yeah, I feel like that's probably like the biggest advice with like, that's why I just, I, I don't, I don't erase none of that. Yeah. And like, that's, that's the oldest text messages I have on my phone. And I'll never get rid of them. Yeah. So like, I, I look back at that. I look back at the messages. Like I still have all our messages on in messenger from like high school. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I look back at like, I do all the time, bro. I look back at the growth. I look back at the videos, like all this stuff. I feel like the big, you know, the best advice he ever gave me was that in that last message, you know, just keep going and, you know, work on yourself. I want to see you succeed. And, you know, just all that. Just, yeah. And like I said, and he did a really, he did a really good job at uh, lifting us up, you know, and making sure that we stayed up. Yeah. You know, no problem and... tell you you're wrong. <laughs> but my favorite thing was him calling people out on their bullshit all the time. I loved it, bro. He's such a savage. <laughs> I would look at him sometimes and be like, damn, bro. He'd be like, you know, I love you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, um, so that kind of leads me into the final question of uh, of this segment for you. How have you coped since we lost Santi? Like, do you do certain things for him, like, time to time? Like, on his birthday, did you do anything for him or, like, listen to a certain song that reminds you of him? Like, I know, I know grieving is obviously – it looks different for absolutely everybody. I think – like all of us, I just go through the waves all the time. Yeah. You know, like, um, I could be good. And then like a memory pops up. Cause like, bro, I'm not even exaggerating every, at least four times a week on like, you know, Facebook has the memories. It says like, you have memories with Santiago and it's because like I tagged him in something or like I had a lot of comments with him, but like, I always am reminded or seeing him whether it be like a memory on Facebook or like a video on like a memory on Snapchat or like we're in the group talking to each other or something like that. Um, I just, I don't know, man, like grieving with grieving with him is like, is, is different though. Yeah. Because yeah. like, I don't want people who are listening to this or I know you won't take it the wrong way, but I don't want people to take this the wrong way, but like, you know, you and me, like, we've lost family. I've yeah. lost family. I've lost friends. I've, you know, seen people pass away young. And don't get me wrong, like, the, the two biggest people I lost in my life are Santi and my grandmother. And I compare the two. But I, they're separate. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, all right, my grandmother was blood family. Right. I loved her to death. She, she was literally, like, the rock of my family. So like when she when she passed, like it just my family just became shambles. But when when I lost Santi, when we lost Santi, it's just like family's different because they're family. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying, but like me and Santi chose to be family. Yeah, no, absolutely. That was like when people say like blood is blood, but like you have the family that you that you choose to be your family. Mm -hmm. Like me, me, you, him, we chose to be a brothers. We, yeah we we had such a good connection that we chose to be brothers like all right when so when he passed it was like it, it was probably the hardest yeah you know what i'm saying because like 
it's that is who I wanted in my life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, he's the godfather to my sons. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like he was supposed to be the best man at my wedding. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then you look back at that and like, I think about that sometimes and that gets me really upset is because like, you know, like I, I, it's like, I want I'm being selfish. Right. It was like, I wanted you here for this. Yeah. Like I, I, I I don't think it's selfish at all. Yeah. But like, you know, I don't want people to think like I, or anything like that but like i i wanted that more time with you yeah you know what i'm saying like absolutely regardless of everything that we have going on and everybody else that's in my life like i wanted that more time with you and the funniest thing is like i think it was a couple days actually um actually let me look on my instagram to get the date real quick but i had posted a picture on my instagram um it was august 6th so the last day i talked I actually spoke to Santi. It was August 7th. August 6th, I posted a picture on my Instagram. I have the Cowboys jersey on. And I turned, I don't know, the, the angle of my picture made me look bigger than I am. Right. But at that time, I'd actually put on a little bit of weight. Yeah. So he calls me and it was like 10 o'clock at night. And I'm like, why the hell is he calling me right now? Like, he should be asleep. So I call, I answer. I'm like, first thing I say is, I'm like, bro, what the fuck are you doing awake right now? And he just goes, ah, ah, ah. I know, I know, I need to go to sleep. But bro, like, yo, you putting weight on, man? You look good in that picture, dude. And I'm like, yeah, actually, I did put on some weight, bro. I'm like, yeah, I did put on some weight. Like, man, you look good, bro. He's like, yo, how's everything going, man? Like, you know, I haven't talked to you in like a week. I'm like, yo, everything's good, bro. Like, but like, it was just so funny that he had called me. And I'm like, at first I was like, damn, like, I was laying down in bed. I was like, yeah, like, all right, let me answer it. So I said it. And then he's like, yo, yo I'm going to call you this week. I'm going to call you this week. You know, like, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll catch up. I'm like, all right. And then unfortunately, you know, we, you know, it didn't get to happen, but I don't know. It's just like, you know, I think, I think about all this stuff, man, like what we, what we went through, what we were supposed to do, you know, like the future plans and, you know, it just, you know, you, you smile some days, yeah, some moments. And then other times it's just like, it's hard, man. You know, it's, it's not, it's not okay. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, you know, like you said, uh, when you compared it with losing your, your grandmother, um, I have never in my entire adult life cried that hard. Yeah. And like you said, we chose to be family. Mm. I, every time I talk to, you know, somebody who's not in our circle and we're like, oh yeah, you lost, you lost your friend. Right. I'm like, he wasn't a friend. He was a brother to me. Like, I don't mean like we were born from the same parents. Like he was my brother. Like, like you said, we created that bond with each other. And there was, there was so much between you, him and I just like mentally and emotionally that we invested in, that we shared between us. Mm. And when you called me that day, like my brain took like a, like two seconds. And I remember Sage coming over. Bro, I've never in my life crumbled so hard mm. until Sage got there. Like Sage was like passing my house when he got the news, or I think he was coming off 54 or something happened. I don't remember how he found that. It might have been you called him or something. And I remember seeing a, a light in front of my house. And when I saw him, bro, I was just uncontrollable. Mm. You know, and 
when I think about him and I think about the kind of life he lived and all the lessons that we learned from each other and I learned from him. Yeah, I'm sad. Yeah, I have a giant uh, hole in my heart because he's not not here. Mm. But the most important part is the time that I shared with him was some of the best times in my life. Mm. And he has encouraged and inspired me that whole time that him and I were good friends and I don't think let me let me let me rephrase this I know he would want us to keep going forward because that's what he did Mm. he saw us sad he would be one of the first ones to call Mm. he saw you pissed off about something he'd be the first one to call and he would always be like, hey, bro. And like, I can always hear that voice. Hey, bro. You yeah. know what I mean? And just always had a way to word things for you. Like, I remember going to my grandmother's boyfriend's funeral. And I was sad because the second person my grandma's lost that she was with. Mm-hmm. You know, the first one was my grandfather, obviously. And I remember calling him and just sitting in the car, us talking for like an hour. And my dad walked into the room behind us and you just hear him like huffing and puffing from just like walking from the parking lot to the uh to the chair behind me and i remember calling santi just uncontrollably crying saying like you know i don't want to lose my dad like he just doesn't sound good and shit you know and been smoking his whole life whatever he helped me grieve uh other people you know uh when i lost amy he was one of the very first people you and him actually were the very first people to like make sure I was okay because mm-hmm. losing her fucking sucked. But when, when Santi went, man, like you said, it's, it's hard to put in words how, how much he meant to us mm-hmm. and the impact he had. But at the same time, we can, we can express that he was an essential part of our life and we wanted more time with him, but the time we were given, he gave us so much and made us the people that we are today. Like, you know, I, I, I credit him to a lot of my journey right now, like the mental health group, man. Like I look back in some of the comments he made and they're on some of my posts. It's like, man, he's like, I don't know if you go back and read some of this stuff, bro. Like, but, it's insane like how far you've come and when you when you're when you're healing and you're going through the journey you're going through it's hard to acknowledge progress right Mm -hmm. it's hard to acknowledge how much better off we're doing than we were six months Mm -hmm. when you have somebody like santi who just always 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 acknowledged everything that we did it was an exhilarating feeling because he was just so damn good at wording everything to us. Yeah, bro. It was... Yeah, he was the the one of the craziest things too was like every single one of our people in our group have a different personality. Yeah. Like genuinely every single person has a different personality, but he was always the one that he tolerated everybody. He grounded everyone. He knew how to deal with everybody. Right. So like it could it could easily be like a, a Farnham. Yeah. And then and then a hobby and then a me. Those th- that first of all, those three personalities together are like <laughs> completely different. Are just 
it could either be hilarious or disaster. Like there's yeah, really yeah. in the middle, you know what I'm saying? And then, but then you throw him in the mix and everything is flows, just flows. Yeah. You know what I'm saying so like he was, bro, he was just like, he really was. I mean, look at the group chat that we're in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's genuinely like, it, it's just, he, he always, even, he always, now, bro, even, even not being here, he just has like such an impact on you, bro. Yeah. Like, like I was saying uh, in the chat yesterday or the day before uh, about Nico. Mm-hmm. I said, bro, like every conversation I remember listening to, like, Nico, you just saw, like, how much he thought of Santi. Yeah. Like, Santi always had the best advice. Yeah. And he was always so outlandish with everything he said. But everything he said made sense. You know, like, I, I remember the day he posted the picture of him in the pink shirt and you guys clowned him for like a whole, whole I week. Mean, like a bottle of Pepto Bismol because <laughs> he had blue shorts on. <laughs> I, I loved it though. That was all of our thing, bro. Like, that's why I like, I can't not let that live on. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's why in the group chat, like, I go with Brandon all the time. Like, Brandon cries when he pulls apart mozzarella cheese. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have to keep it going, bro. Yeah. Because that's how we all were. And that's how it's it's just it just has to go, bro. Like it just, you know what I'm saying? Like you have to let that him, legacy, man. Like we talked yeah, about earlier. You have to. And like just like 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 Steph said, like she wanted us to write the letters to the kids. Like I haven't forgot about it. Like I'm just, I just I gotta make sure, like, I want to print out pictures. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Of me and him and just him that I have. Like when I flew him out here, me and Javier, me and Javier, um, he had just gone through the separation from his first marriage and you know he was going through some stuff bro like he was upset and all that stuff and the a couple months prior to that javier had never been up here yeah come up here bro like spend the weekends you know javi came up and then a couple months after that you know i was sitting there talking to him i was like yo let's let's split a ticket me and you will fly santi up so he's like bro i don't have the money i was like yo well we already booked it we booked the flight you're gonna like I don't care if you're if they give you off you're telling them okay I can't work these days and don't worry about nothing I got you the whole time you're up here so like he came up I don't know I don't know how much money he brought he didn't bring much brought me and Javi covered him bro yeah you know what I'm saying but that made him so happy bro and I remember like sitting in the backyard that like the day before he was supposed to take off to his flight and we all just sat back there we had like beers we're sitting by the fire and stuff and and like you know I remember him talking joking because I don't think he'd ever been on like an airplane or something like that and he was like he was like selling me like when it took off and how he was laughing. He was like, I was in the chair, but I couldn't help but laugh. He's like, so I just started laughing nervously. And I can hear that laugh in my head too. <laughs> and I remember like I took him to, to, to Chinatown in New York and like we got authentic, like legitimate authentic Chinese food and Javier got his plate and he's like, this isn't what I ordered. And I'm like, Javier's like, like, it's just authentic, bro. You better eat that food. <laughs> like it was just so funny, bro. Like he's just like showing him like the buildings and like walking around Philly and like we went hatchet throwing, you know what I'm saying? Like that's the stuff like, I remember like one of the, when we were younger, not to like, not to venture and go off like into all this thing, yeah, but, like, yeah, yeah. We were younger and uh, me, him and Edwin were like wrestling in his front yard. And I'm a little guy compared to him and Edwin, bro. Like I'm skinny and Santi like put me on his shoulder and he just used his body weight and he just like launched. And instead of like, I was on his shoulder. So like, instead of me, like he, he f- flew me into the ground and I just remember laying there and I was like, out and like instead of checking on me him and edwin just come running over and look at me and just, 
<laughs> like just start dying laughing, bro. I'm in pain. I'm on the ground. I like can't oh, breathe. But that was like, there are the funniest things when Sage got stuck on my roof and wouldn't jump off <laughs> right. for ventilating. And me and him are just dying laughing on like the floor, <laughs> like the things that like we should be helping each other with. And we just start laughing at each other. I was just, I don't know when Zach got knocked out by Marco on accident and we like everyone ran over and they were like, you okay? Ah, it's just like, <laughs> like, just laughing, bro. like it's just, you know what I'm saying? Like those memories are the memories like I love, bro. It's just like, you know, I'm, I'm forever grateful that I had those memories and I have those stories and I could tell my kids and all this stuff, you know, and, but just being upset that I'm never going to have them again or yeah. more, you know, yeah, of course. So I don't know. I think, I think it's just, you know, everyone in our group's going through the same thing, just a little bit different. Yeah, you know, like I said, every everybody grieves differently. You know, some people, you know, kind of like become numb to loss and be like, wow, like I've lost like 27 people in the last six months and I just, it's one after the other kind of mentality, mm-hmm. right? And then there's people like you and I who, you know, I don't want to say some losses are more significant than others, but like. I know what you mean we make those memories like live on, you know, like opposed to like losing a 107 year old uh, cousin or something that you don't have that memory, many memories with, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that, but everybody grieves differently. And, you know, I don't want anybody who's listening uh, to today's episode to let anybody tell you that you have a time limit on grieving. No, I don't. It doesn't become easier with time. I think that's the biggest lie ever told. Time does not heal wounds. One of the biggest things with that is my uncle got murdered before before I was born. He got murdered in like 86 or something like that. And my mom and my grandfather every year on like his birthday and like the anniversary of his death and all that stuff is just like, it's, it's, it's bad. Yeah. Like it's very emotional. Right. So I, I think that's like the biggest bullshit thing ever yeah you know i think uh the most important part to whoever you lose Mm. is keeping that memory alive any way you can you know uh like you said i don't delete messages either Mm -hmm. and him and i were very close and you know best thing you could do is just keep that memory alive uh, appreciate each other and you know i posted a tiktok a couple days ago about about birthdays I know for some people who are listening, birthdays are kind of like a, a taboo thing in your mind. It's, it's hard to celebrate. It's hard to enjoy getting older. But try looking at birthdays as another year to celebrate, another year to restart, to reset. Mm. You're not promised tomorrow. No. And I think this podcast is a, te- is a testament to that. It's very sudden, unexpected. Mm love love each other but most importantly love yourself and um as we come to the end of this podcast i wanted to read a quote for it's a self-love quote but it also goes towards birthdays and it is by charlie chaplin surprisingly um as i began to love myself um i freed myself of anything that is no good for my health food people things situations and everything that drew me down and away from myself at first i called this attitude a healthy egoism i thought that was one of the most profound things i've ever read 
because when you think Charlie Chaplin, it's like, oh yeah, that guy's comedy. Mm. That was that silent comedy. But a lot of those guys in the comedy business are so damn emotionally in tune and, you know, the things that they were going through. Um, it was just really something I wanted to read because I think self-love is the most important thing uh, to get out of this podcast is just loving yourself and taking care of each other. Yeah. Um, you mind if I say something real quick? Yeah, absolutely. I just want, no, I just wanted to give a shout out um, to everyone who is listening to this that is in our group. Um, you know, I think another thing that makes it easier for me, at least knowing, you know, that he's not here is that the last about year of his life is that probably the happiest he was, he's ever been. Absolutely. So it's a huge shout out to Keisha for keeping my brother happy and making him as happy and just know that, you know, we're here for you. We love you just as much as him. So you're a part of the family, you know, a huge shout out to, you know, our other brother, Sage, Javier, Farnham, Zach, you know, you guys were there from the beginning with me and, you know, you guys are my brother also. So I just want, you know, everyone who might be listening to this or is going to listen to this, you know, it's not just about me and him, me and Chris, this is about all of you. And we all know that you guys all had a special relationship with our brother as well, but you know, I just want, especially Keisha to know, like, you know, we are here and thank you and thank everybody for being there and just making sure that we were all okay. And that my brother's life was or our brother's life for the last, you know, year of his life was the happiest that he's ever been. Absolutely. Well said. Um, and again, uh, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for doing this podcast. Um, I know the second half was a little emotional, and I'm really glad that I was able to get you on here and do it. And, uh, you know, of course, our, the one year is coming up, and just want to let you know if you need anything that day, I'm here. And for anybody listening, uh, I just want to say I, I appreciate all of you for the support. Um, you know, this podcast is starting to branch out uh, more internationally. And, you know, for anybody who's listening, I just want to let you know, you don't have to grieve alone. You don't have to go through any, any of this stuff alone. And, and the most important part is be there for each other, love yourself, and most importantly, be gentle with yourselves. And thank you all so much for listening. Until next time, be well.